Good evening, my dearest darlings. We gather together once again to resume our tale of the three ne'er-do-wells who, caught up unexpectedly in a whirlwind of fate and chance, have accidentally found themselves on an adventure. But before we go forward, let us reflect on the events that have already transpired. Our story began, as all of the best stories do, with illegal activity. Riot, a social media influencer of some renown, and Crater Wayne, an experienced drug dealer, were hired to rob the Risco Tech Casino in the jungle city of Tropo Neo Vega. Needing a driver for the heist, Crater enlisted the help of a naive and trusting new arrival to the city, the young cowboy, Celestine Wanderoff. He gave me this info on this job that I think will be in all of our best interests to accomplish. And it involves a main item that's going to be at the auction after the spinning of the Wheel of Fortune. We're going to be leaving Riscotech with it, and we'll be taking it to Demands Jr. in Aquaketch for our reward. The heist took place at a party celebrating the commencement of a new astrological cycle and the spinning of the arcane relic, the Wheel of Fortune. The party was attended by such luminaries of the Fifth Collide as prominent religious leader Uncle Edict, who hears the Arcana speaking to him. No matter, no matter, no matter. It's uh, always nice to be around pupils. And uh, and those who are in want of saving. And he looks across the table, Yeehaw. Gregarious businessman and notable analog, Yeehaw McGraw, who has a knack for acquiring contraband. <clears throat> oh, name's Yeehaw McGraw. <laughs> and the mysterious Mesmera, who seems to know our riot very well indeed. Well, well, well. <gasps> they do say that... It's not a party unless Riot crashes it. <laughs> you know what they say. With the whole event being coordinated by Risco Tech MC, Harley Highstakes. I hope you've all been enjoying yourselves this evening and not getting into too much trouble. <laughs> As Riot's deft roguery easily liberated a security keycard from the neck of Harley Highstakes, young Mr. Wanderoff was pulled aside by Uncle Edict, who seemed to know something about the crew's nefarious plans, but made no attempt to interfere. Whatever you're here for is of far more importance than you or I understand, my boy. And I'm not sure what this feeling means, but I do know that whoever is asking you to do what you came here to do is not to be trusted, and you should come to me after you've completed your task. The crew was treated to a convenient distraction as the spinning wheel of fortune landed for the first time in recorded history on the world arcana. While simultaneously, the continent was shaken by an inexplicable boom. The hand slides past judgment and for the very first time in recorded history lands firmly on the world. Everyone is motionless. The normally imperturbable Harley falters for a moment, takes a breath to speak, and what sounds like an explosion. Distant, but alarmingly significant enough to cause a tremor and a flickering of the lights. Then, all is still. 
Seizing their moment, our sneaky scoundrels found their way into the restricted areas of the casino, tossing security drones in planters and through windows until they finally arrived at their intended target. The small statue is about one foot by one foot of a small dog that just sits sort of open on this pedestal. Grabbing the dog and as many other treasures as they could carry, our thieves three made their exit directly through the sixty-story window and, with the assistance of some drop silver, landed safely at their vehicle waiting below. I'm going to drop a shoulder and charge right through the window at the end of this uh, beautiful display room. Okay. Breaking free to... To the cityscape that is Tropo Neo Vega. From the uh, from the adjoining room, you hear like, "Who put my pentadrone in the flower pot?" <laughs> 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 they successfully evaded their pursuers on the busy streets of Tropo Neo Vega until the leafy canopy and colored lights of the city were in their rearview mirror. It's a private party, you know, just some friends doing a doing an outdoors thing, you know, under the stars. Can I come? Make a persuasion check. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna do it. (laughs) I got that (laughs) twenty. But I step on the gas. (laughs) I just I floor it. Okay, you bust through. <laughs> the toll booth guys will remember this. <laughs> and maybe get fired over this. <laughs> no sooner had they escaped than the unremarkable dog statue exploded, revealing a box which conveyed the crew a confusing message through song. To the fools before me, are you free? That very night, our fugitives unexpectedly accessed the digital network while sleeping and received some cryptic personal messages. It doesn't feel quite the same as a normal experience of falling asleep, and halfway through that that period of twilight where you're a little bit awake and a little and just not quite asleep yet, you realize that you are feeling the sensation of being pulled into the digital network. Let us do something big. Let us prosper. We can do it, monsieur. How will you wield it to earn my blessing? You always come running when your muse calls you. With Harley and her Riscotech security still in pursuit, the crew detoured through rough terrain on the way to meeting their contact for the heist, a man by the name of Demands Jr., who resides in the underwater city of Aquaketch. To their surprise, our felons found the creatures of the wilds to be unusually hostile. So you're in this area where there's a ton of palm trees, and this tree does look like a regular palm, but there's something a little bit strange about it because the trunk has split itself into two legs, the bark peels into two arms, and the palm fronds make sharp clacking noises as they ruffle in anger. Uh, This is no ordinary palm tree. This you recognize is a daddy palm legs. Oh my da- god. And daddy is angry. <laughs> Arriving at the water's edge, our outlaws were chauffeured to Aquacatch by a pair of Demands Junior's thugs who moonlight as a hip-hop band competing for fame and fortune in the Fifth Collide's largest talent competition, Collider's Got Aptitude. 
yeah, the competition is always fun, but, uh, you know, like, we know that we're the winners, but it's always fun if you win over someone who's cool or exciting or different and you know that could be you yeah we gotta make it a memorable one you know just because we've been hand selected you'll have to audition of course but um you should have no problem what with your roof blasting and your catchphrases catchphrase smashing rip rashing road warrior and dashing and yeah (laughs) we got a we got a hot track coming out of there somewhere honeypot Mm -hmm, we do Luckily for you guys, this drive is about three or four days long, so whatever you'd like to talk about, we have time. And don't worry, there are more songs on this mixtape. I got some Sir Linkin Park on here coming up. It's going to be a great ride. Once in Aqua Ketch and on their way to Demands Junior, our rat-addled rapscallions were waylaid by a geologist, Clay Composia, whose colleagues were in need of rescuing. Anyway, they, they, they dragged the net into the deep along with the vehicle filled with my samples and also my colleagues. And by a contemptible contemporary of riots, the influencer of minimal renown, Aqualung. You turn around and he like drops to his knees in like a really uh, over-the-top flourish and like lifts up, like wants to take your hand to kiss it kind of thing. Ugh. Obviously you've heard of the famous and legendary Aqualung and his... D- Fearless underwater exploits. I am, of course, obviously the biggest influencer in this region, and like recognizes like, am I right? They also heard on the news that the identities of the Riscotech robbers were at least partially known. You hear Shoulder say that uh, a riot is suspected, and that there are uh, two other accomplices. One of them, somebody got like a partial clock on what looked like a android wearing a cowboy hat, and that there's possibly a third person in there. They're not really sure. Demands Jr. paid the crew for their work, but seemed to have no knowledge of the strange object they stole or why it housed a box. And, true to his name, he demanded they remove it from his presence and his city. You can keep this fucking box. The original statue is not a statue of a dog. The dog is part of a larger statue of the fool. Look, I don't know if y'all are lying to me or not, okay? But I will say this. If you aren't lying to me, then you are in far deeper than I would want to be. I tell you that. And, uh, I, I wish you luck. In an effort to do some good to balance out their recent theft, our lovable looters took on a job helping Clay find his companions and his geological samples. But there was more than samples to find at the bottom of the ocean. The crew fought their way through some terrible sea spawn and stumbled upon a cryptic map. Amongst some of the rubble, there seems to be a piece of paper that's sticking out and kind of like wedged between two stones that have fallen over. You unfold it, and it's a map of the Fifth Clyde. However, there's a couple marks on it. There are three X's on this map and two circles. And the X's mark, there's one over Midmoss, which is up north in the cold breaks. There's one just south of Bucharest, which is in the Good on Wilds. And there's one in the Voids, which is between the Good on Wilds and the cold breaks. It's like an island. And then there are two circles. One is on an island in the Calamity Channel. It's on Calamity Isle. And the other one is sort of just off of the Magna Quartz Mountains in the Thorolush, uh, sort of in the Blink Brush you notice that there's some writing on it. It seems to be a ciphered message. So though it's already in cant, it's like coded past that. 
Unbeknownst to the crew, Riot's fanboy Aqualung followed their escapades from a safe distance, finally forcing himself upon the party as he had likely done to so many social gatherings in days gone by. I can tell y'all are making a tough decision, I just want you to know that I totally have potions of healing. Using Aqualung as their unwilling scout, our mischievous miscreants continued vanquishing sea spawn and collecting samples until they found the source of the spawn, a grandatorium of hags. As you hear ahead of you, like a, oh, not this way, okay, (laughs) definitely not this way, and then again, like, oh, okay, no, not this way. (laughs) Hello? I didn't keep up bay. And then fr- responding from the inside, you hear, Oh, hey. Get out of our granditorium. Hag. Sounds like a hag. <laughs> <laughs> After a tumultuous battle, the crew finally came to a peaceful, humane, and entirely harmless resolution with the hags by transferring them possession of Aqualung in exchange for the last remaining geologist and their samples. So, like, I stay here and you shout me out on your pep socials? That's the idea? Absolutely. It's probably, honestly, a really good career move for you. And then you, like, come back for me soon, right? Yeah, us or, like, whoever. (laughs) Okay, so you're gonna shout me out, I'm gonna stay here, you're gonna send help, and then we're gonna date, right? (laughs) (laughs) Alright, fuck you, dude. We'll see you later. (laughs) Victorious, the crew returned to Aquaketch, where they were accosted by J.D. Tective, a deep-low investigator who, to their surprise, was not interested in arresting them for the heist. In a drug-induced display of commitment, J.D. Tective enlisted our crew and their new map to help track down a group of dangerous criminals whose activities he thought may have some connection to the events in Tropo Neo Vega and the as-yet-unexplained Boom. There's a plague upon the Fifth Collide, and it's currently sweeping the android populace faster than you can sing a verse of, have you scaled the jaggedy jacks? (laughs) (laughs) Android ports going missing. They're getting taken from androids, like directly from. What kinds of parts? Some parts have been vital organs. Some parts have been just regular parts for sale. Aha! Concerning indeed, Mr. Tective. Before departing Aquaketch with J.D. Tective, the crew once again slipped into the digital network, only to be met with new mysterious messages from more strange sources. Take a free fall with me. Let's see how far we can take you. Every step forward you take makes you ever more the fool. So help me pump the brakes. I will honor you with my protection and hide you in my mirage. Back on the surface in the small port of Iodine, our delightful delinquents deliver the geological samples to COG faction scientist Jack Wrench, overseer of Clay Composure's expedition, and are compensated with the keys to a new vehicle. Oh yeah, big time. Uh, We're out here researching that big boom. Not sure if you folks have been around uh, since the... Day of the Fool, but uh, we've had some, well, some disturbances happen all around the Fifth Collide, and us cogs were trying to uh, get a read on what's going on from a scientific, uh, geological perspective. That's my specialty. I'm a geologist. 
Yeah, we've been getting reports a lot, just huge spike in hag activity. So, I mean, you know, you always hope when you send your team down that they don't get spawned, but, uh, you know, science is science. Before departing Iodine, the crew witnessed a group of young androids on their walkabout journey, and, to the horror of all, though none so much as our former drug peddler, Crater Wayne, they discovered that the young ones somehow acquired a supply of rat. You got this from the Spectres? The Spectres encouraged you to take this. Yeah, they said that there's further learning to be done past what we can do at the creation points. Yeah, they said that this would um, make us closer to the Arcana. Uh, if everyone could just open up their packs uh, for inspection, <laughs> I, would be, uh, I would be much obliged. I'll go and walk up to those four and very sternly put out my hand to... <laughs> to those to those remaining looking for their rat as well. I'm on my 11th point. You can't tell me what to do, geezer. Yeah, you old guy. You chode. Hand it over, son. I haven't been called a chode since I was 30. <laughs> the crew set out into the fey fields toward the spot JD Detective asked them to search. But our hapless hoodlums are soon interrupted by an odd and seemingly impossible disturbance originating from their pips. Consequently, they also make a chilling discovery. None of them know their true names. What in the world inspired them to build the amplifier? Crater? Uh, did, did this did this thing just say my name? Did you guys hear that too? Yeah, absolutely. That is what I heard. Celestine, what in the world is your theory on the voices in the networks? Oh, I almost forgot. They say three outlaws flew into space to bring the amplifier back down to Earth. I wonder, what in the world possessed them? Riot? But remember, no matter what, but some of us couldn't, even if we wanted to. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? Isn't that right? Isn't that right? Ensuring no dangers awaited the young androids on their road to the next creation point, the crew traveled there themselves and found a busy, commune-like establishment bustling with young androids. Leaving their young companion to take a moment of self-reflection, Riot and Crater entered the creation point lodge and introduced themselves to a human specter faction woman known as... Tudor Spruce. Sorry, what's your names? Bentley Davis. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I was uh. wondering when the first fake name would happen. I was not ready for Bentley <laughs> Davis. <laughs> and I'm uh, Cryogenic. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice. Wow. Oh, sick. Uh, cryogenic, I must say, that is the best name I ever heard. I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm super impressed. And Bentley, wow, it just rolls right off the tongue. I'm uh, Tudor Spruce. Can I ask you a question? Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. I'm really, I'm <laughs> really in the need for a fix. Is there anyone around here that might have some rat on them? Rat? Oh, I thought you meant dinner. I was going to say we got some uh, meatloaf cooking in the back there, but rat no no you know you're you're welcome to stay for dinner but if i catch anything oh i'm gonna be real steamed meanwhile losing himself to thoughts of his missing memories and incomplete walkabout journey something came back to celestine as he sat near the server shrine faintly at first then suddenly all at once you 
start to notice that you're in a different place now. You enter a flashback, and what happens here is up to you in this moment, but we're just going to remind you that this is Celestine remembering something. Next to you, you see that someone is sitting with you. You do start to hear their voice kind of coming through a little bit clearer than the, the vision of them. Look, you just must time it exactly as discussed. And I'm counting on you, and I know you're going to do just fantastic. Well, when you get back, we'll have the conversation about your, your name. And you'll be ready then. Back to where? Well, back from your journey, of course. Your walkabout. But to where? As you say that, you notice there's a bright light that kind of streaks across the sky. And you see what looks to be a shooting star. You really do need to go now. All the parts are in motion. And remember, time it exactly as discussed. Celestine gets up and follows the star. From behind you, you hear, Goodbye, sweet boy. Your task will be unrewarding, and the world will likely never know your name. Such is the fate of most people like us, but I will remember. And as you hear this voice and you start to get up and make your way, Celestine, what are the last words you say to your maker? I'm going to make you proud. And I'm sure you will, young Mr. Wanderoff. I'm sure you will. All back together again, our troubled travelers sit down to some dinner and words of caution, both provided by their host. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I would not recommend going towards the Blink Brush because uh, big wins. I think we talked about it and they've just only gotten worse since the big boom. But I have a friend in the in the Blink Brush and, and I never go into the brush without him because it's it's a bit complicated to get around. You know, you, tr you try to walk in a straight line and then suddenly you're 10 feet back and three steps to the right. It's, it just gets your, your brain all jumbled up, you know, so... He's hard to miss because he's very handsome. Real, <laughs> real good-looking guy. Oh, she blushes a little bit. Just a beautiful, shining bald head, but a huge bushy beard, you know? Let's see, his eyes very intense, very piercing. Um, did I mention he's quite good-looking? He's just gorgeous, you know? Um, so you, you couldn't miss him from there. Uh, he moves in a wheelchair, and the wheelchair has a bit of a glow under it, so he's kind of easy to see if he's if he's trying to be seen in the, in the blink brush. Oh, and his name is Linger. The crew embarks once more into the wilds, this time through the fey fields proper where they encounter several of the swamp's denizens, including a group of swamp fey who insist on a salacious game of truth or dare. We want to play truth or dare so bad! Truth or dare! Truth, truth or, or dare. dare! Your first big boy! Truth or dare! Uh, dare. Sure. Woo! Dare! Alright! That's such a good pick! Okay, I... Dare you to make out with me for seven minutes? Oh God! Oh! <laughs> uh, I tossed the frog into my boiler. While the Fae could not have expected what our scandalous scoundrels would dare do, the crew was equally surprised by an unsettling truth. Have you ever seen a relic? And it would it, which one was it if you saw it? I know you got one on you right now, suckers. Ms. Rye, what's he talking about? I, honestly, the only thing I can think of is something that we uh, took with us. Like, whatever's in that. The box. 
Upon arriving at the blink brush, the forest Tudor Spruce had warned them of, the crew began to vanish from their vehicle one by one. And you look over to Celestine to see his reaction. You realize that he's gone. Okay, you stop the car, you check out of the floor mat, check out of the glove, in the glove box. No Celestine. You look back to the seat to tell Riot, and Riot's gone. Only to reappear even deeper in the forest, where they, seemingly by chance, meet Spruce's foreshadowed friend, Linger. What are you doing in the brush? Oh my god, you're so good looking. (laughs) (laughs) We're here on a bit of a mission because there's something happening in the Fifth Collide to do with androids being killed and going missing. And we have a hunch that there's a spot not too far away from here that we anticipate another attack. I I, I was just trying to go back and, uh, you know, blink the path a million times and instead of bringing me back to the temple, it brought me to you. So I don't suppose you're carrying anything magical on you. The gruff and gorgeous Linger guided the crew to several tests they needed to pass on their own to demonstrate their worthiness to enter the temple of the hanged man. Leave me in suspense. Amidst the trials of the blink brush, the crew encountered another lost and not at all suspicious traveler who went by the sunny moniker Grim Jane. And, uh, her expression is grim. My name is Grim Jane. Yeah, I mean, I heard there was a temple and I just, I'm feeling sort of lost, you know, mentally and emotionally and I... I just figured that would be a place to go to seek help. Finally arriving at the suspended temple, our tricksy troop was introduced to Effigy, devotee of the Hanged Man, and they shared with her their purpose in traversing the blink brush. Might we uh, know a little bit more about this foot of yours that you uh, speak to? Oh, yes, of course. My foot... It's imbued, in a sense, with the magic of the Hanged Man and has been over years and years and years of passing it down through my family. It's an heirloom, and it helps me to have some clairvoyance. As suspicions mounted that Grim Jane may not be as amiable as her name would suggest, the temple was attacked by a group of scrappers who decloaked their hidden aircraft and set about collecting their prize. Effigy herself. Effigy is sort of leaning over her foot, and and you wait there for a moment, just waiting to see what happens here. And suddenly, you hear what sounds like a really quick shot. And suddenly, as it decloaks, a vessel the shape of a large acorn appears, its camouflage slowly melting away. As it lands, its two propellers fold up and tuck away to its sides. And it looks very much like the animal it's named for, the owl. You see Effigy crumple and she falls laying down on the ground ahead of you and you hear screams coming from this flying vehicle ahead of you Woo! yeah we're fuckers we're gonna fuck your shit up Woo! come get it dicks <laughs> oh shit no strangers to a scuffle our deadly delinquents quickly took control of the situation and before long things were looking bad for the scrappers and good for the crew however 
It seems that things were looking maybe a little too good, as, perhaps predictably, reinforcements arrived. Another airship decloaked and outpoured more scrappers, along with a familiar face from Riot's sordid past. There's an individual in here that catches your eye. Mm. He drops down, not far from Crater and Epigee, and, uh... He speaks to you. Riot. You know, I thought you were above all of this, my pet, but uh, looks like you took a break from Pip long enough to join us out here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Never thought I'd see you again. And that, my dearest darlings, is where we find ourselves now.